For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening. What is up? It is the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Also coming to you on Willis Digital Media, home of the Palmcast. We are hoping you're having a Georgia Bulldogs, Kentucky Wildcat, Tennessee Volunteer type of Monday. Not a John Gruden type of Monday. Uh, It is uh, the Beast of the East. I'm Corey Burton. Joining me is Craig Ladd. Craig, this is my last episode. I'm going to be the head coach of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. After this week, hey, what's up, man? Hey, you know, why not throw your hat in the ring? Wouldn't hurt. I might as well. Wouldn't hurt. What's the worst they can tell me? No. You don't have any skeletons in your closet. Nope. I didn't send any bad emails either, so that's good, right? Okay. Well, that, yeah. that's good. That's good. I'm doing great, Corey. What what a fantastic weekend of SEC football we had. It was incredible. Absolutely. And and some teams separated themselves. There were some colossal upsets. I'm sure Jake is uh uh Jake is reeling probably. Uh, but our chat is wide open right now. Uh all of our information is right down below. Um so we are presented by betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to to bet on all of your sports action. Did you know, Craig, that they have an online casino. I did not know that. Well, now you do. So you can go in there and play your roulette or your slots or blackjack or that three card poker that, or Caribbean poker or whatever it is. that's just a money trap, whatever it is. uh, Bet online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action as well. It's a new updated site and interface with even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Oh, yeah, you can bet football on that too. Uh, so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your bonus. So use BELIEVE, B L E A V. So from basketball, football, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Before we get before we get rocking and rolling, I watched a pretty cool ESPN 30 for 30 documentary today. Um, I know uh, since you're out of school, since I'm out of school, yeah, I had some time to devote to this. Um, and, and we were off from practice today, too. We didn't have to practice today either. So I, I, I was, uh, yeah, small potatoes. Um, yes, no, I, I was watching Once Upon a Time in Queens, 
Um, I was three years old when not to not to date me a little bit, but I was three years old when that happened. So I have no recollection of those Mets. So those uh, I think they were the amazing Mets or whatever. It's pretty cool. Uh, that team was holy cow, man. That team was insane, literally and figuratively, like on the baseball field and off. They had some characters uh, on that team, um, to say the least. Yes, absolutely, man. It was, uh, you know, from Doc Gooden to Daryl Strawberry. And, man, there were some characters on there that I didn't realize were characters, like uh, Wally Backman, uh, Keith Hernandez. Well, I knew Keith Hernandez was, was like the leader of the whole thing. Ray Knight, uh, thank you for that. Uh, Mookie Wilson was a was, uh, – you know, Lenny Dykstra. Oh, Lenny! I forgot about Lenny Dykstra. Oh like I, man, because because I associate Lenny Dykstra as a Philly. Yeah, but he came up with the Mets, and yes, that dude is that dude is insane, and he's good at baseball too. So it was a fantastic uh, documentary. So I thought I would give a shout out on that one. Um, so uh, big weekend for the Eastern Division. Uh, where do we start, man? I, I guess we can start with another Georgia route. Uh, the game got off to a uh, – cussed my mom out for out, asking for an autograph. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Um, it's right on right on character for him too. Right right on par with uh, with who he is, I guess. Um, and he was a good fit for the Phillies in that that city, so that's good. Um, but uh, Georgia. Georgia did not cuss out anybody's mom this weekend. They just stole Auburn's lunch money. And, um, you know, Auburn got off to to a good start in that game. They were moving the ball. That's probably the best a team has moved the ball in Georgia all year long. They didn't, they only put up three points, but they did move it some. Uh, so if, if you're looking for that ray of sunshine, if you're an Auburn fan, that is it. Um, I, uh, you know, just just looking at this defense and what they were able to do to Bo Nix, they were able to they were able to spook him, which I guess is not hard to do these days. But um, just an overall great game, you know. Stetson Bennett coming through again, uh, Lad McConkey coming through again, you know the run game coming through. Just just Georgia's just hitting on all cylinders right now, and and they're number one in the country, and that's where they should be right now. Did Craig freeze on me? Think you did? I uh, think you did. All right. So yeah, I mean, I I think it's uh, you know, Steve, if you want to jump in uh, as the voice of God, voice um, of God here, get, voice of God. What's up, God? Paging God. Yeah. Um, God is here. So so did you did you get a chance to check out this game after after the Ole Miss game? Uh yeah, I saw a little bit of that. Um. Let me disconnect um, from sessions, Craig, so we can log back in. Maybe. There you and go. the Riddler is over here beside me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watched a little bit of that game, and I mean, it's like I said, Georgia's backups um, did that to Auburn. Auburn is not a particularly good team. LSU is their signature win, and as Kentucky proved. Um, that ne- not is not necessarily a signature win, and you look at that game. It, it was just it was just domination. Georgia just squeezed the life out of them. They tried to come forward and make something happen, and at seventeen to three, that game felt over. And as it turned out, it was. 
Yeah, absolutely. When when they, you know, Auburn had that glimmer of hope right there, right before halftime to to get back in the ball game, and that would have probably changed a few things, maybe. But they did. They they got down there, whether it was a pi or not. I, I think there was mutual contact. I mean, I agree with uh, I agree with whatever whatever referee they had on. You know, their their rules analyst or whoever they have on now, nowadays. Um, I agreed with them. Uh, there was mutual contact. It was a great no call. I, I would have been in favor if I was an Auburn fan too. Just it was a good no call. Just let those guys play and be physical. Is 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 kind of where where I saw that particular play, but. That was Auburn's last last gasp. Once they got to the second half, it was it, it, it was over. I mean, it just Georgia was just gonna either crush them, crush them to death, and win seventeen to three, or do what they did and, and pour it on and, and end up winning, um, you know, thirty four to ten. So, uh, hats off to Georgia, man. I mean, just you know, I saw this debate on Twitter. I, I don't think there is a quarterback controversy. I still think JT is is, is the number one when he comes back, but. Is there anything to that, Steve, in your opinion? Um, I, I I don't know. JT is the better quarterback. Um, and um, Craig is restarting his computer, by the way. JT is the better quarterback. He's the more talented quarterback. But, Georgia, this might be the year where that system and that style with Stetson Bennett is actually what they need. We spent all offseason talking about would Kirby take his thumb off the offense. Well, this might be the year when he didn't need to. And Stetson Bennett taking the control kind of forces them to play conservative, plays to the strength of that team. And I, I just don't see at this point why you upset the apple cart. Of course, can they beat Alabama? That I mean, that's the question. If, if you see them in Atlanta, can you beat Alabama? Or if Alabama loses again, can you beat Ole Miss? You know, the, the, I mean, that's the question. With You're going to have to have the – you're going to have to have the better thrower. I mean, Stetson has mm. proved that he can't beat Alabama. I mean, he proved that. I mean, he took him to the brink. He was the only he was he was the only quarterback that led Alabama after halftime, but you saw his limitations play out in the second half of that game and when Bama really shut down the run game and Georgia couldn't and they squeezed the life out of that, you know, Georgia couldn't do anything and Stetson Bennett was limited as a passer. JT Daniels is not. And JT Daniels is electric through the air. I, I think his, you know, obviously you're going to have some limitations as far as pocket mobility and things like that. But, you know, uh, JT Daniels is getting the ball out of his hand a little bit quicker this year. I think some receivers are stepping up and doing all the right things. So, you know, when, when you have all those things considered, you know, you, you got to put the total package together. And, and what Stetson's really good at, JT's not. And what JT's really good at, Stetson is, is is not as good, so, but they both bring a dynamic to this offense that that just clicks. It's not like JT was playing bad when he got hurt. I mean JT JT Daniels threw three touchdown passes with a you know strained labor or no uh, with a strained lat, not a labor, but a lat. Um, you know he did some things. You know he played against Clemson with a, with a strained oblique. I mean, he, he hadn't been playing healthy, and he's been making some throws that have been impressive. Um, and and so I, I I agree. I mean, he is he is your number one guy if he's healthy. If he's not, Stetson can let Stetson ride with it. It's yeah, as easy as that. Yeah, and Kentucky is going to be a big game for Georgia, mm-hmm. and there will not be a Super Bowl for another team the way that Georgia is going to be for the Super Bowl this year. 
I think Georgia needs to be prepared for that. If you can get through that, They're always prepared for that. I mean that 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 rivalry, that matchup, that atmosphere. If you come out flat there, you you you're just not going to win. <laughs> Ever. Like you're not going to win anything. I mean, the years that Georgia's come out flat in that game, it's usually been on the heels of like an eight and four season, where it's just pitiful. Uh, last year, Florida just Florida just had a good game plan against them last year. Uh, it wasn't that Georgia was flat; it's just Georgia they 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 had a hard time with some of those route concepts that they were throwing at them, and the the you know. The wrinkle of throwing the back out of the backfield and wheeling and instead of keeping him in protection was, you know, was all she wrote with a, with a brand new uh, free in there and, and Christopher Smith, who is not brand new, obviously, anymore. But um, there's a lot of factors played in that game. But every year, Georgia comes out swinging. It's usually a good game. It's usually, you know, Georgia's been on the upper hand of that. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. I don't think Georgia's going to overlook that. This team just has something about it. Like they're not going to overlook anything. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's. I, I, this looks like a team on a mission. And now that Alabama has lost, um, as long as they can just hold serve, that they're pretty much they're the team that if Alabama can do something um, and get and beat them in the SEC championship game, they still have a chance to go to the playoff. Where vice versa, if Alabama loses to Georgia, if they got to the SEC championship game, Alabama's out. It's done. They're yeah. they're going to a New Year's Six bowl. And mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, I have no idea what's going on with Craig right now. It's just a black screen at the moment. I I, he, I guess he needs to check his connections because yeah, so. there, there's something going on with that. But I, I'm keeping a tune on of that as well. Absolutely. Whenever, Absolutely. whenever Craig comes back up, it was a fun, it was a fun, fun weekend for for college football. I mean, you look at all the games; they were they were at, they were all absolutely amazing games. Um, and you looked at the the one ten game that was really entertaining. One we picked on on after dark with uh, Iowa Penn State. Uh, that one was a really fun one. But you know, you look at Kentucky. Just, was that the nail of the call for Edo in that game? I mean, they, they just dismantled them. Yeah, I, I think it is. And, um, Craig, I can see you, by the way. By the, um, We'll bring you over whenever you get back in the chair, but I can see you. Um, awesome. Craig is on his way back. But Will Levis accounted for five touchdowns, Steve. Yeah, yeah, they, um, they, Kentucky finally had that game where the offense clicked. Now the offense just looked like a better version of what it was last year, but the offense actually clicked moving forward. And we have a little bit of Craig Ladd, so if we do that right there. We'll see. There he is. Hey, He's all back. hey, Auburn Mafia, man, it's a real I, thing. I got just you. about to say that. Auburn Mafia got you. Kurt is in the area. He is in the area. He is he is zipping all the bandwidth um, in Middle Tennessee. So, um, but yeah, it's always, it's always messing up, Jake. I don't know what it is. Uh, late night in Tennessee, I guess the sound, the internet signals just. I don't know what they do. They do crazy things. But uh, Craig, we were talking about uh, Bill Levis and his five touchdowns against LSU. Um, and just just how good they looked coming out of that game. I mean, the offense finally got some things going. Finally, looked like it was a coherent offense. 
Yeah, I mean, guys, if you told me at the beginning of the year that, that Kentucky would beat uh, LSU by three touchdowns. There's no way I would believe that uh, would happen. Uh, but they did. They dominated. And Levis had a heck of a game. You know, he was 14 or 17 through the air, rushed for 75 yards. Uh, he he was just outstanding. And, uh, you know, you got to hand it to Kentucky. I, I, I thought they may have a little bit of a letdown in this game considering, you know, such a huge win over Florida, but that was not the case at all. They they look really good. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they're they a hungry ball club. And, and it's, uh, you know, they, they were a team that was just searching for something to work uh, offensively, searching for that for that click moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, I know it's not surprising that, that the team found themselves against Coach O. That seems to happen these days. But it's good for them. They I, I think. You know, they've got their identity. You know, they're obviously a run-first team and and uh, predicating on play action. But, you know, I just think it's good to finally see that things are starting to sink in there. Uh, and defensively, man, they're just, you know, they're rolling a little bit. And, and so they're getting a little confidence. And game day is going to be there this week, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see a good Kentucky team. I, I think they're holding up to our predictions, uh, Jay Bull's predictions. Um, and here we go. So, yeah. Um, also, Craig, your Vols, man. What do you think about that? Well, again, I I was uh, I was surprised at the start, but I, maybe I shouldn't be. You know, their two SEC wins have outscored their opponents. 56 to three in the first quarter. Uh, they just seemed to jump out and right off the bat and just uh, take control of the game. And it's exactly what they did. Just like, uh, just like they did against Missouri. They did the same thing against South Carolina. Uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. I was looking at some of their stats. They've almost doubled uh, rushing yardage. Uh, gained versus allowed, and and if you can do that, Corey, you're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, I mean, just just jumping up early on people really kind of gives you that early momentum. And, and Tennessee's done a good job the last two weeks of not relenting that momentum uh, for the most part. I, I know teams are going to have their moments in, in in the SEC, but I mean, this is you know, this is a huge win for them. It's it's a, it's a winning streak. They gain a little bit more confidence. Some of their some of their depth is turning into quality depth. Um, so, you know, just, just style of play, man. I just keep going back to that. Just watching them. It's just, you know, yeah, it's tough on defenses, but when you get, when you get that thing going, man, your defense is fired up that they, they, they don't lose any energy. So, um, yeah, I, I know it's Missouri and South Carolina. I get that, but they are members of the Southeastern conference at the end of the day. So you, you, you beat up on two members of the Southeastern Conference the way you just did, that's got to build confidence. I don't care how down South Carolina is. I don't care how how much of a tank job Missouri is turning into. Those are two quality – like Missouri and South Carolina would probably win the ACC. Let's just let's just throw that out there. It's not – I mean, yeah, in, in comparison to the rest of the conference, they're bad. I get it. But – you stick those two teams in the Big 12, I mean, Missouri's probably the Big 12 champs. 
I don't know after after <laughs> Oklahoma after Oklahoma made the quarterback switch, they became a completely different team. So maybe not, but um, you know, I guarantee I guarantee you I guarantee you Tennessee could go out and win the Pac-12 right now. Um, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Miami plays North Carolina in the priest. Oh my god! Like North Carolina got beat down by FSU. Like that's just pitiful. Like how pitiful is that? Because FSU is like a JV team right now. How pitiful is that? It's it's awful. So that, I mean, you talk, that, there you go. Well, you're going to talk about. I, I, I'll say this about Tennessee too. I am equally impressed by the by the way they've played on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, they seem to really fly to the ball. They're in much better position uh, this year. Versus last, I saw last year way too many wide receivers just running wide open. Uh, they're in position. You're going to give up passes, you know, passing plays. That's just the way it is. But they are in position to make the hit, make the tackle, and then you know, really, they have been outstanding against the run. Nobody's been able to really run the ball on them this entire year. And, uh, you know, they were missing several starters off that defense uh, last week and, you know, had guys step up. Uh, the turnage kid, a freshman, had a great game. He was, I think he ended up being SEC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, it was an incredible game. So missing guys, uh, but they were able to step up. I, I think today it came out, uh, I think, in the press conference that uh, – uh, Jawan Mitchell, the middle linebacker who transferred in from uh, Texas, is out for the year. So mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. he's out. But you know, I, I think uh, Banks and Beasley have played well in that position. The thing is, Corey, you know, they are thin, really thin in certain positions, and can't afford to have injuries there. Yeah. Um, I know they want to, to have Jabari Small back for this game against. Ole Miss, um, uh, it, it's imperative that he come back for them. You know, I, I think Whitehead has done a good job as a backup, but he, you know, he doesn't he's not, have the. He's not Jabari Small. Hat. Yeah, he, Evans is fine. He, I think he he plays last week. If that game was close, close, he comes back in. But uh, uh, you know, I think they really could use Small being back into the uh, being a being able to play in that rotation uh, for them yeah, to uh, uh, play, you know, to have a chance at beating uh, Ole Miss, which I think is going to be a really good ball game. I think it will be. I, I think, you know, Jake says Tennessee rolls Ole Miss. Uh, just kidding, of course, uh, with an emoji. You see, Jake Jake is using emojis now. This is this is dangerous. But, no, um, in, in all seriousness, like ever since Heupel realized that Hinton Hooker was the answer, Hooker has been – that I guess the thing that brought everything all the whole offense together, like with Joe Milton, Steve's favorite joke. I'm I'm gonna use Steve's favorite joke. If you want if you need Joe Milton to throw it 40 yards, he can throw it 40 yards. If you need him to throw it 20, he will throw it 40 yards. Um and you know, I, I just never understood the Joe the the Joe Milton move. I was about to call him Mitchell. Um but when they brought in Hendon Hooker, Hooker's more of a complete quarterback, first of all. He has some sort of it factor that, you know, he just steps in the huddle and immediately those guys just perk up and 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 they play above their head. Like Tennessee is razor thin on on, on their depth. 
but they don't they don't play like it. And that's been the biggest thing in, in their turnaround this season. And the reason why they're getting better each week is because they're playing above the level of their depth. Will that be good enough to beat Ole Miss? I don't know. Will that be good enough to beat Alabama? Probably not. Will that be good enough to beat Georgia? No. Um, but they'll give them a game. Like, it's not going to be a blowout. As the game's not going to be over at halftime, like it probably would have been preseason. Um, will this game last five hours? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. They might as well go on and kick this thing off tomorrow uh, so they can be done by Saturday night. So, um, but uh, Jake, it's okay. It's not the first time Alabama's lost. Probably won't. Probably won't be the last. Um, you know, that just that's just called football in the Southeastern Conference. It'll be okay, Jake. It'll be okay. It's just one loss. You'll probably win the rest of them. You'll probably end up in Atlanta. You'll probably still end it up must in the be playoffs. Nice yeah. Well, actually, if Georgia beats you, know, you in the SEC championship, it won't be. But you know. You know, just think you can be a poor old Tennessee fan like uh, like my man over here, Craig is, uh, and and you you want you want some real problems. There you go. There's some real problems right there. Yes, he lived through the Dooley days, the the brick by he he lived brick by brick for a little while. Brick by Lyle, and, yes, and then he was a Hamburglar for a minute, and now they've got some real promise. So. Let the man enjoy his. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> let, my, let me enjoy my four wins so far. <laughs> yeah, Jake, we'll, we'll go on. We'll, we'll go on and, and bust your bust your balls on on Wednesday night uh, when I have a beer, or I might even. You know what? I might even have a mule. I might even go go harder. I might even have a mule on Wednesday. Just 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 in favor of what's a good weekend, but. Um, South Carolina, they play hard, man. They 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 had no quit. So I, I was impressed with them too. They, you know, they could have easily just rolled over and that that game could have been a you know a 50 piece. But you know, they, they came back, fought in the second half, got their, you know, what together, um, and actually played hard. You talk about a team that really truly has nothing in the tank. They have nothing in the tank, but they're gonna give you every little bit that they have. And that's that's a good positive sign when when you look at when you evaluate how their season goes. We knew they were going to be bad record wise, but they're playing hard, so that's good for recruiting. Uh, and once he finally gets whoever Archie, who um, who's Archie? I don't know this Archie guy. It, you talking about the comic book character Archie? Um, so. You know, to me, South Carolina impressed me with the way they played, with how hard they played. I know I don't, you know, I know moral victories aren't necessarily the way to go, but you know, you gotta you gotta look at something if you're South Carolina. I mean, Vandy Vandy has nothing, so you could be that. Just just be glad you're not Vandy. Well, you know, in the beginning of the year, I, I thought if they win six games, it, it will be a miracle. You know. At this point, right there, there's no way I thought they would be four and two. Um, I just did not. Even, even you know, as I guess as down, I'll say down as South Carolina is, as down maybe as Missouri is, even though I don't know really know they're down. I, I still didn't think Tennessee would beat 
either one of those teams. I, I just did not think so. I, I didn't. Uh, but I, I thought Missouri was going to be able to name their number against Tennessee. To be honest, yeah, with you. yeah. Um, before uh, the season, yeah. In, in the beginning of the season, this game right here, this Ole Miss game, I thought, well, they'll just they'll dust Tennessee. Now, I, I, I think it'll be a really good ball game. I really mm-hmm. do. I do too. I, I'm I'm right there with you. So, you know they they got a you know obviously they got a nice test here uh, with, with with Ole Miss, but you know we'll get into that here in just a minute. But um, you know our, our last thoughts on uh, you know I was what I, I flipped over to the Vandy Florida game just for a minute. Right. By the way, news alert, Jake. I'm about to say something positive about Florida. Those uniforms they were wearing were outstanding. Yes, I liked them myself. I like the I like the the old school UF logo that they had going. That was yeah. that was actually a pretty good look. Um, it, and listen, I love the black the balls had on. I, I did. Oh, those uniforms! They they hit it out of the park with those. Yes, yeah. the yes. helmets. I thought the outline and the, the power just, T and black. They should at least stripes. they should I at least stick with the helmet. They should go with the helmet all year long. Yeah, I, I thought their, that helmet. I thought it was great. Like the orange, the orange popped. It, it didn't look like it, it just. It looked legit. Like it didn't look like a, you know, the just they slapped a sticker on the side of a white helmet thing. You know, you have an outline there, and it just kind of stood out. Like the orange actually popped more with the with the outline on it. Yeah. yeah that's just that's just me though. But uh, I, I flipped over to the Vandy game, Vandy Florida game. And Vandy scored a touchdown right before half. I was like, man, okay, they they have a chance here. I think, I don't know. Like this is this is interesting. And they called they 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 ruled it a non touchdown, and then Florida went on to route them forty two nothing. I was like, God, come on, refs, you got to give Vandy that touchdown, make this a ball game, right? Um, but they, you know, are is there any hope with Vandy right now? Or, or you know, I know the scores are a little bit. But it's just I they just have no life. They just have no emotion. Like you look at Clark Lee and it's just still the same thing. Like at some point he's gonna have to show a little bit of emotion on the sideline, right? Well, they've lost fifteen. I think they've lost fifteen straight SEC games. And at this point, I don't see that streak being gro- broken this season. I, I don't know where that's gonna come from. Um and you know, have they played South beginning. Carolina yet? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, that game um, could be a route too. If that game's a route, yeah. I, you know that that's that's your best chance at a conference win in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I said at the beginning of the year, you know, they they went 0 and 10 for a reason last year, and you just do not bounce back that quick from 0 and 10. It just does not happen. Um, that, that's tough go. You know, they, they have been down, you know, they, it's going to take him several years to replenish that roster. Uh, and right now it's, it's, it's porous. They have, they just have nobody. They have no game breakers whatsoever. Uh, in that team, you know, they, they just don't, they, you know, in the past they've had some good running backs that you had to, had to watch out for, but that's not there this year. Uh, it's just there's just nobody there that you say, "Oh, wait, hey, okay." You know, it, it, and I'll ask you this: Is there anybody on Vanderbilt's team 
let's say, that could start for, I'll say, Georgia? No. Mm -mm. Florida? No. No. I'll say Kentucky? No. Those three for sure. I can't even name Uh, more than two players on that team. And the only one I can name is because he went to Brentwood Academy. Yeah. Johnson. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, yeah. Um, I I can't, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I was going to say, they are just devoid of talent. That's just bottom line. And it's going to take a while. He's going to have to recruit. He's going to have to make more helicopter trips and, and in order to get this team back up to where it needs to be. Well, they got a tight end on their radar from Greenbrier. I know that much. Uh, That guy was a monster. Um, Yeah. I'm sure we made him look really good, but yeah, they're going to have to be patient. But then again, he's going to have to, he's going to have to inject some excitement into this program. I mean, he's going to, his sideline demeanor and the way he kind of runs his program is going to have to lend itself to that. I mean, he can't, he can't just sit back and and look lifeless on the sideline. Nobody's going to want to come play for that. You know, and I know that seems trivial, but like, would you want to look over and wonder if your coach is dead or alive? After you do something good or bad? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody does, but you know, he's got to do something. Like he's got to move or he's got, I don't know. Like he just doesn't have any life about him. And, and his program seems like, like that as well. I mean, you know, the, the stunt he pulled with no numbers and names on, you know, for, for spring practice. I mean, it's looking more like a, a Butch Jones stunt than it is a, an actual good stunt that works. you've got to get the guys in before you can start pulling stuff like that. I mean, it it just didn't work and he's got to figure something out or they're going to have to find somebody that will like, you know, like Ed Orgeron, maybe they can hire Gruden. He's available now. Apparently. That's true. (laughs) I can guarantee you this. Vanderbilt is not hiring Gruden because Gruden is not PC. And Gruden, no Gruden has way don't touch him. Gruden has what you call bad email form. Yes, yes. Like my it's wife not a, works at Vanderbilt, and yeah. they are ultra PC. I mean, over the top PC. Mm-hmm. So, guess what? So, so calling your boss. Pissed. So calling the big boss, the the, the commissioner, uh, an F word, a derogatory yeah. F word. Is a bad move. Is that what you're saying? I think that's a bad move. Do they frown upon that at Vanderbilt? Uh yes. Okay. Well, they can't have John Gruden. Yeah. They they. So you can't tell somebody they have uh, lips the size of Michelin tires. Can't do that either. That's not going to fly either. Well, okay. That's another strike against Gruden. Um, What else? Um, Can't recruit gay players. Yeah, that's that's, he's going to tell him yeah. that. So that's okay. That's another strike. Yeah, they really can't hire him, can they? No, no. Yeah, like I, I said, like, and they would come closer to hiring me than they would Gruden at this point. That is, that is true. Um, but but good on Mark Davis for for making a decisive move there and just cutting bait on that. And so it, I never thought I'd I never thought I'd tell. Uh, the owner of the Raiders, good job on a on a on a move, but there you go, good job on on that move. 
he got the Hunter Renfro thing right, and he got the John Gruden thing right. So there you go, Mark Davis. Good job. Um, John John Gruden um, probably going to fade into obscurity. Probably going to have some sort of podcast somewhere, the Gruden Quarterback Camp podcast or something somewhere, and yeah, he'll spout off his ESPN either. He won't be back on ESPN either. Nah, maybe 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 Fox will get him. I don't know. Maybe he can. Maybe he can uh, debate Colin Cowherd. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, any other game that stood out to you in, in week six? I mean, that was, you know, that was pretty much, you know, as far as the conference goes, I mean, obviously the, the Alabama loss, and they'll talk about that on, on Best of the West. You should check that out. That'll be fun. Um, that old Miss game was, I that was entertaining, man. I just couldn't, you know, I, I started, I was watching the, it's too bad that went up against the Red River shootout, which actually yeah. was a shootout. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, yeah, those two games were so fun to watch, uh, both of them. And I, I had one on my phone. I had one, sh- and I had one on TV. And, and at one point, like, I was walking around, so I had one on the iPad and one on my phone. I was just back and forth. Like, I, you know, I put my phone down for, like, two minutes to do something, and, and I came back, and both teams had scored, like, three touchdowns between the two of them. I'm like, like how, like how am I missing all these touchdowns? I put my, I, I took my eyes off this game for, for three minutes and I scored like that quickly. Those games went. So that was, that was fun. That AM game was a lot of fun. I couldn't, uh, I tried to last, you know, when, when you, when you have, you know, when you have a five-year-old that is just into everything and, you're just going and going 90 miles an hour all day long. Um, and it didn't help that I had a couple cocktails as well. And I had a really big, I had a big feast, I had a tomahawk ribeye um, and all that stuff. It was, uh, needless to say, like I woke up and I'm, you know, I, I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden lights out, woke up and, and was celebrating. I probably fell asleep <laughs> for like 30 minutes. So I missed like the very end of that game. And I woke up, I was like, oh, wow. This is like, I really should like, when, when, like, I really can't, my feet can't be even with my head or I'm out like that. That's how tired I am these days. I didn't make it either, Corey. I, I, I'll go ahead and tell you that. I didn't make it either. So, uh, you know, I'm an old man, so I can't stay up that late anymore unless I just absolutely force myself, which I have to do on on Friday nights. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't stay up for it. Wanted to, but couldn't. There was just no way I could do it. But yeah, the wish voice of the Rockets, man. How's that going? Yeah. Are they, are they giving, well, are they giving well, you something? Bye, to... bye. Yeah. Had a bye week last week, so. Big gaming at Richland this Friday night. Oh, so they're team. first in the region. And, of course, Hillwood with their first win of the year. Yeah, homecoming. against Glen, Homecoming against Glencliff. That was a game that – Glencliff, they're not the same Glencliff. They're actually – I mean, you know, they're still bad. But they they compete. They play hard the whole time. You know, yeah. Which is vastly different from the Glencliff teams that I've known the last five years. which. You score one touchdown on them, they shut down, and you know that's it. And you can name your score, but um, 
yeah, so we we play Creekwood this uh, this week this week. So it's fall break for us. So that'll be interesting to see who comes. But uh, <laughs> speaking of week seven, um, this is uh, this is week eight for high school. Week seven has a really nice slate of games. Uh, Best of the West will probably check out Auburn, Arkansas. They'll probably check out the AM Missouri game, which we will as well. Alabama takes on Mississippi State, and Ole Miss takes on Tennessee. A lot of cross divisional games this week. Um, very, very exciting. Florida LSU, and then of course Georgia Kentucky. That's the game day is going to be. Uh, it's a kind of option, consider um, top ten plus one. Uh, you got Kentucky. They're sitting at eleven, and then Vandy, South Carolina. The game, the battle for last place. Um, which team is not going to be last here? Um, we'll actually touch on that as well, just a little bit towards the end of the show. But uh, Georgia, Kentucky, let's start there. Um, a, a game that, you know, honestly, for Kentucky, it just doesn't match up well for them. They, you know, what they do really well, Georgia defends really well. And so the line started out at 24 and a half, which is considering where both of these teams are ranked, is insane to me. But you know what, George? Like I said, George's defensive front is outstanding. The linebackers run really well. Uh, Kobe Dean is probably one of the best linebackers in the country. He's projected to go first round. Adam Anderson is projected as a first rounder. Jordan Davis is projected as a first rounder. I mean, Nolan, Nolan Smith, also a great off the edge. Quay Walker, you know, those guys just really get after you. Uh, Lebanon's own Zion Logue had a sack last weekend on Bo Nix. So you got some quality. I saw that. Depth. Some quality depth going on the defensive line. So, you know, do you see a, a, an avenue for Kentucky to, to score in this game? Uh, you know, obviously they're going to try to run the ball. That's what they do best. Uh, but, you know, Levis has proven, at, like last week, that he's uh, equally adept at throwing the ball as well as running the ball. Uh, but mm-hmm. – I don't think they're going to – there's no way they're going to beat Georgia. Um, you know, not so sure about covering the spread. If I probably – I would probably go ahead and take uh, – you know, I would lay the points with Georgia just yeah, just yeah. because I just I just don't see teams scoring on them. I, it's I just been a good really, rule of thumb all year long, yeah. Yeah, I just don't. They gave up an offensive touchdown. They gave up a touchdown against Auburn, and that was a huge, huge deal. But um, you know, I just don't see how you run the ball in this defensive front. I mean, they've got you know they've got second string guys that you know that could start anywhere in the conference. I mean, they've got guys that rotate in like Jalen Carter, <laughs> Channing Tendall. You know, those guys that come in and, and and they don't they don't dip down. So like they've got quality depth behind them. They run really well laterally. They plug you right there in the middle with Jordan Davis. I mean, there's just not many, many ways to run the ball on them. I mean, play action, maybe. You know, I, I think there's some matchup things you can get with Wondell Robinson, some some ways you can get him uh, involved in the passing game and, and hit him over the top some. You know, Auburn's shown that if the quarterback can, can give himself a minute or if the quarterback can get the ball out of his hand quickly – they can hit some intermediate routes, and, and Auburn did a good job of that for the most part. And if and if uh, Kentucky uses the tight end really well, they have a chance to move the ball. 
But as far as sustaining drives, which Georgia forces you to do, I just don't see that happening with this group. Um, maybe if it was an Ole Miss team that that's a tempo, uh, you know, that's a tempo with with a with an extremely mobile quarterback that can that can throw dimes. You know, maybe that's more of a matchup issue for Georgia than than any team in in the conference. But Kentucky, I hate to say it, I love watching them play. Um, they're just it's just a tough matchup for them. They just you know just the way just what they do just doesn't equal up. Well, you know, I think Kentucky, really more than them beating Georgia, I think Georgia's going to have to beat themselves for the, for Kentucky to be in this football game. That That's going to be the key. And, and we have not seen that this year out of Georgia. They have been, I mean, nearly flawless as far as turning the ball over. Uh, and, Knock you know, some right now. That, yeah. They, they just do not – they have not beat themselves this entire year. They just don't turn the ball over. So, if you're expecting that end of it, then, uh, you know, I think you're going to come up empty if you're a Kentucky fan. But who knows? Like I said, I, I think more than Kentucky beating Georgia, Georgia's going to have to beat themselves for Kentucky to be in the game. Well, game day is going to be in Athens. It's a 3.30 kick, 3.30 Eastern time kick. Um, you know, the crowd is going to be in a frenzy – much like they were against Arkansas, I think that's gonna. I think that's gonna affect the game a little bit. I mean, they they've been able to draw numerous clutch fault start penalties against Arkansas, which was surprising on a noon kick. Um, they were able to draw all of those the last time Notre Dame was in town. Like a, a, a disciplined team like Notre Dame we made them jump off sides. I think seven times, seven fault starts penalties, something like that. Um, I mean, it's just insane. And then just the 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 way they get after you in special teams also, you know, it just – for Kentucky, there's just no room to breathe. It's just like when you look at this defense, it, it, you struggle to find the holes. But, you know, then again, if you can get your quarterback out on the edge, if you can find him some, some avenues to throw in, if you can get the ball out of his hands quick, you have a chance. The slant routes are probably going to be there. There's going to be some things over the middle that you can take advantage of. Um, if you can find a matchup with Latavius Brini, he's he's a little bit suspect in coverage. He's about he's probably the weakest DB that they have, um, which I mean, on his best days, he's really good, but he struggled last week against against Auburn covering those intermediate zones and stuff like that. Um, but you know, when you know. But that's that's really your own, your own shot. Defensively, they've got to they've got to get a takeaway. I, I think if Stetson Bennett is the one that starts, which I think they will, I think their plan now is to get JT ready for Florida, um, give Stetson one more start, go into the bye week, and, and have a healthy JT Daniels for Florida. But you know they're going to have to disrupt Stetson Bennett. They're going to have to get in. They're going to have to disrupt his his timing. They're going to have to get in some throwing lanes. They're going to have to find a way to take the ball. You know they're going to have to either get a pick, you know, force a fumble somewhere, which is really tough. Uh, but they're going to have to find some way to bog down this offense, force him into obvious passing situations, and and really just try to confuse Stetson Bennett, which he's been known to do. Now, he's been known to throw a few picks here too, and and that kind of that's what gets him in trouble sometimes. Some some of the throws he makes are, are head scratchers, so they got to force him into those. Where it's you know, 
Like there was a throw against the all against Auburn. I think it was a, it was a third and long. He drops back and and a route that would have been there had defense been rushed. But they uh, Derek Mason did it. It was a phenomenal call on this play. Derek Mason uh, stunned a linebacker and dropped it. It was a zone blitz. Uh, dropped the defensive end right in the in the throwing lane and and Stetson had to just had to sail it so it wouldn't get picked. And you know I, I think. In some instances, Stetson probably would have hit the guy right in the numbers, and it would have been, you know, short field. So Kentucky's going to have to have some momentum play. They're going to have to play perfect. They're going to have to force a few turnovers and hope Georgia shoots themselves in the foot, which at home is a very, very difficult thing. But Kentucky's always played this game tight, so you never know what could happen in this. Do I buy the 24.5-point spread? In most years, I wouldn't, but this year is different. And I'm, I'm kind of, as of right now, I'll make my final decision on Wednesday on on uh, on after dark. But I, I'm 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 leaning towards laying the points here. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, I, I think Kentucky. Yeah, I, I think Kentucky's going to have to. One of the keys of this ball game is, is going to be they're going to have to withstand the initial onslaught of the emotion of the fans, how the the players are going to be jacked up. They're going to have to withstand that initial onslaught. If they get ambushed right off the bat, it could be very ugly. Absolutely. It could It could get ugly in a hurry. Just, just ask Arkansas what that's like. All right, so our next game, I'm paging God here. The voice of God, paging the voice of God. Uh, Tennessee hosts Ole Miss in a checkerboard out. I'm going to cede the floor to the voice of God and Craig to kind of talk about uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss. I'll start with Tennessee. What it, What is their chances of winning this game? I'll cede the floor to you guys. Go ahead, Craig. I, um, I, I, think, I think they have, definitely have a chance to win this game. The way they've played the last two conference games, I, I think you have to give them a chance. Now, the competition is much stiffer than South Carolina and Missouri, no doubt about it. But, again, uh, you know, I thought in the Arkansas game, what I saw the Arkansas game, I was flipping back and forth too. Um, you know, they defensively looked like a flashback of last year. Uh, and, you know, they just could not stop Arkansas at all. You know, the post-game interview that Kiffin did with, with CBS was uh, – <laughs> it was comical. Uh, he pretty much just laid it on the line and uh, torched his his defense. So uh, I wouldn't really you know, say they stopped him. They they kind of yeah. just went for two. <laughs> they kind of went for two and didn't make it. We didn't stop him. <laughs> on that two, yeah. they did make one play on that two point conversion because every receiver was covered and there was pressure on the quarterback. So they did make one play. Um, that wasn't yeah. a situation of Arkansas not getting it. They actually were where they were supposed to be on that singular play. Now, it's a little hyperbole there. Yeah. You can get this line for as low as two and a half points um, at FanDuel, it, and you can get it for as high as three currently at the other places. And I, there's one thing that I am concerned about. Now, I think Ole Miss might be going into a little bit of a hornet's nest. Um, with the checkerboard out, I, they're on pace for their first sellout in several years. It's a night the game at Tennessee. Yeah, the Lane Kiff. I, there's there's a chance of a hornet's nest in there, but there also if this game is close, Tennessee does have a 
they have the propensity to bog down and take a couple of series where nothing just happens. They punt real quick. And if you do that against Ole Miss, that's a 21-point run, and it could be over at that point. So I think Ole Miss has the best player in college football. Uh, and Bennett? No, he plays for Georgia. No, no. Matt <laughs> Corral is the best player in college football. But um, I don't know if that defense, if they're going to be able to recover because last week was well. Because people, a lot of people don't realize. They just know that Arkansas runs the ball and Ole Miss has Matt Corral. But those two teams are mirror images of each other. To the type, the style defense they play, to the offensive systems, they know all the weak points. Kendall Bryles knows exactly what to do to give that defense problems. And it just, and the same thing happened for Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin. So all of a sudden you got Arkansas giving up 300. I think both teams ran for over 300 yards and it was a ridiculous game. Um, but I'm looking forward to that game going. I was watching that game, Steve, going. Man, it's like these teams know each other, and, and really they do. It's kind of funny, but um, it, it's just like, you know, people are like quick to say, oh, yeah, Ole Miss, they're frauds. They're not good at defense. No, they're just – Arkansas just knows how to attack that defense because yeah, that, they go get to practice all camp long. And that three-two-six defense, they are really weak off tackle. That is the weak point of that defense. So it is imperative for box safeties – to make plays. Now, our best box safety has been hurt for about two weeks. So we had a converted cornerback play in that position on the other side of true freshman. So Arkansas attacked those areas effectively, and you end up with um, a team getting wear down that other players started to try to do too much, more than what they were asked to do, and that just caused a little bit of, of a snowball effect on the defensive side of the ball. It's not good when, when, when guys are getting out of their lanes and trying to get into other lanes and do other people's jobs and they leave their own job and all of a sudden that's that's mm. it's a recipe for disaster. And luckily, yeah, they, Ole Miss was able to, to avoid complete disaster and was able to get a win out of that. But yeah, yeah. The, that, the, today today would have been a rough practice um, if that two point conversion would have been successful. I, I feel really bad for what they were going through in Fayetteville. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Sam Pittman's got that team rolling. You know, heartbreaking loss on, on, on their end. You know, as a uh, as a fan of neither team, but uh, somebody who loves to watch both these teams play with their style of play, um, it's just it's just great to see that. You know, it's not just Alabama in the West. It's, you know, it's great to see that somebody besides LSU can contend and really give fits to uh, to Alabama. And I think Ole Miss, obviously. The result they had against Alabama, that was just a juiced up Alabama team. Um, and they, they walked into, you know, Lane, Lane got into a hornet's nest with his, with his pregame antics there. But um, you know, as hey, far but, as this game goes. Alabama you know, was so locked in that they go to Texas A&M and get beat because that was not a locked in team. Yeah. No, they that was a that was a we just we just gave everything we had to to, to kill Mets and we're we're a little bit hungover. Like they enjoyed that a little too much. They were feeling themselves a little bit too much. Like you knew at some point, you know at some point every team that's like that is going to fall. Like every team that's feeling themselves a little bit is gonna fall. Texas was feeling themselves a little bit. Uh, late in that game, they were thinking, "Yeah, man, you know they 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 pulled Rattler, and you know not knowing that pulling Rattler was the best thing Oklahoma could have done." You know they're sitting there riding high, and next thing you know they're flying 
Austin or driving home or whatever uh, with a loss. So, um, you know, Cassidy, to answer your question there, anytime somebody beats Bama these days, it's like winning an A. And it's, it's, as much as they've been struggling, I don't blame them for storming the field. They upset the number one team in the country, a team that just has been wearing them out ever, you know, ever since they joined the conference, uh, minus the Manziel year. But um, a team that's just been destroying them year in and year out. A team that's just annihilated Jimbo Fisher since he's gotten there. To finally get that win, it, it is kind of almost like an Addy now. Too bad Texas a and season was already in the crapper. But, um, yeah, I, I, I certainly, certainly don't blame them for that. I think any team in that situation probably will have stormed the field. You know, that's that's where Alabama is as a program. Teams are going to storm the field when they beat you. Um, that's just it's just how it is. It's kind of like when USC was on, on top of their game and they, they got upset by Oregon State in their kind of run of utter dominance in the Pac-12. They stormed the field. When Florida State lo- lost its first game, lost its first ACC game in like 1998, Virginia stormed the field for 97. Whatever it was when they had the Barber Twins. I can't remember the year. Steve, you help me out with Hey, that. as a college student, 1982, I stormed the field when Tennessee beat Alabama. So, you know, it, it was happening 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That, that's just what Alabama is. So you should also, yep. you know, that, that's that's a point of pride for your program. That's where Nick Saban has gotten you. And, and just to side up to the people calling for the firing of Nick Saban, holy cow, those people aren't real. I'm just convinced of that. Like, they are the definition of a fan, <laughs> a fanatic. Yes. Yes. If you want to fire Nick Saban, I'll take him. <laughs> I'm sure Vandy will take him. I'm sure Tennessee would, would fire Heupel in a minute to hire Nick Saban. You know, I'm sure Kirby, I'm sure they say, Kirby, got some news for you. We're going to hire Nick Saban so he can stay on and be his defense coordinator or you can kick rocks, whatever you want to do. Your choice. And Kirby would – I think that's the only person in college football that that has that sort of power. So um, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, I, I think as far as this matchup with Ole Miss and Tennessee, I, I think the atmosphere is going to be ridiculous uh, because it's a night game, first sellout, checkerboard out. Um, you know, I, I think with the whole Lane Kiffin aspect of the story, I, I think that's, you know – that's going to add some more fuel to this fire. But this fire will only burn for so long because I think this is going to be a depth thing. I think Tennessee's going to have a really hard time defending uh, Matt Corral in this offense. Uh, they're going to, you know, this this offense is dynamic, unlike any they've seen. I think they're going to struggle with that. Um, the onslaught of how this offense just keeps attacking you, attacking you, attacking you, attacking you, attacking you. Now it's going to be time for a little while, and I think we'll miss going to pull away a little bit in the second half. And you're going to kind of see the 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 different points and where they are in their development as a program. Like you know, Ole Miss is in year two, but it looks like they're in year nine. That's just how they've had some veteran leadership, and that that's going to show on Saturday. So that's kind of where I see this one. But uh, I'll tell you what's going to be an interesting game. And to be honest with you, I think it's going to be another route in favor of the Gators, but Florida travels to Baton Rouge. It's an 11 a.m. kick central time, noon Eastern. 
Uh, they take on the, the the Bayou Bengals, who are hanging on by a thread. They lose Keon Butte today. Uh, he was ruled out for the season with a lower leg injury, which means really he probably just sprained his ankle and said, yeah, I'm not coming back, is probably what really happened. Coach O, the word turmoil comes to mind. I said it from day one of, of this season. Turmoil was going to undo LSU. A lot of people were like, oh, LSU's going to be good. They're going to they're gonna finish second in the West. They're going to be good. No. Mm-mm. This turmoil is brutal. Like, it is, I, you know, from what we know, I can only imagine the stuff that we don't know that's lying in the weeds with, with this LSU program. So, I think Florida's going to come in and route them. Um, maybe. I don't know. Maybe Florida's not capable of routing anybody not named Vandy. But, um, Trey, how do you see this game? Well, I, I agree. I think Florida wins this ball game, and I think if if the margin of victory for Florida is the same as Kentucky's margin of victory, I think Coach O uh, will get canned uh, next week. Um, I, I'm, I surprised think, he, I'm surprised he's still there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I just don't think he could withstand that. Uh, you know, uh, losing to Florida on your home field by – Three touchdowns, I think, is is much. And there's a, you know, we, we also not only is the on the field uh, performance been poor, you know, off the field there has been many, 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 many uh, things go wrong there too. Uh, and different really, types of things like yeah. academic scandals, uh, Urban Meyer type situations where he's like caught with coeds and stuff. I mean, it's just all kind of like. You know, prank, you know, telling prank callers he's going to throw them in the bayou, feed them to the gators, you know, just stuff like that. Like he, he's going after reporters. So you're starting to see it unravel for, oh, he's going after reporters now, um, which is, you know, it's the first sign of the dam breaking. And it's going to break. It's not a matter of if at this point. It's just a matter of it's week by week, honestly. You know, if, if, if any team between now and the end of the season blows them out, they're just gonna. They're just gonna. They're gonna pull the plug. And just say, "Now we're done this season. We're just gonna. We're just gonna take our last place lumps, and we're gonna go after whoever, whoever will, whoever will want this job. I don't know. Um, the, the guy who should hire is just right up the road there in Lafayette, but you know, uh, they're not paying me to make the decision, so they'll probably they'll probably hire Bill O'Brien, which I hope they do. That would be funny. Um, because he's. Yeah, you know, he, he is what I told you he was going to be bland, vanilla. The play call was awful in that Alabama game. So maybe, maybe LSU can do him a favor. But I, I see this as a 10 point spread in Florida's favor. I think that's going to be doubled up. And I think Coach O is going to be gone. Uh, but our last game on the slate, and Craig, I will announce your picks on SEC after dark when they become locked in and official. Uh, Variable South Carolina. This is going to actually be kind of fun. It's a it's a 3 p.m. SEC Network kick. Obviously, I won't be watching it because Georgia will be on at the same exact time. I rarely flip over to other games when Georgia's on. That's just that's just kind of what I do. But this will be a fun one to keep an eye on uh, because it's going to tell us one of two things. A, is South Carolina a viable team? And if they are, they're 18.5-point favorites, which tells you a lot. If they can cover that spread – I'll start to believe that South Carolina, they just need a few pieces and they're going to be okay. If for whatever reason, Vandy wants to come back to life, 
they have a chance right here to snap that conference losing streak. Can they do it? Is it possible, Craig? I just, you know, part of me wants to take those points. Um, Never. You know, with Vanderbilt, part of do me it. does and part of me doesn't. I haven't seen I anything that tells me that Vanderbilt's going to score any points. Uh, you know, they struggled against an awful, awful UConn team that, you know, ended up losing ended the up last second field goal to beat them. Yeah, yeah, to beat them, uh, you know, and then of course we you talk about the ETSU loss, but ETSU, hey, ETSU is six and zero, so maybe that loss doesn't look too bad anymore. But anyway, you know, I just don't, you know, I just don't see Vanderbilt scoring. I just don't score, mm-hmm. see them scoring twenty one points in this game. I really don't. Which which lends me to to want to take South Carolina, but I'm shaky. And giving up eighteen and a half points with with South Carolina too. Yeah, you know, to to, to me, I think I think South Carolina's going to score twenty eight points. It's just a matter of whether or not we think, you know, Vanderbilt can score two touchdowns or just ten points. You know, if they score ten points, you know, I, I think they have a chance to cover. Are they going to win? No, they just. When you talk about a team that has nothing, they have nothing. They barely had enough in the tank to be, to be UConn, which uh, I think there's a few high schools out there that could probably beat UConn. Like I guarantee you, they would lose to IMD. It's not really yeah. much of. I, they would lose to Bishop Gorman. UConn is awful. Vanderbilt might be worse. Uh, I don't know if they're Kansas level bad. Kansas is horrendous. Uh, but they do have the right coach in Kansas. That guy talked about project. That guy's got a project, uh, Lance Leopold. But he is the right guy for that job. So, um, to me, I, you know, I, I'm laying the points as of right now on a Monday on a, on a Monday evening. I'm laying the points here with South Carolina. I just think they're going to get it done. They 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 do well enough. They have enough of a vertical threat. Fanny's not going to build cover cover Josh Van. It's just not going to happen. They're going to hit some deep shots on them, and they're going to they're going to run it up like they like they have been, you know. And and Kevin Harris is going to get involved. I mean, you're going to see some some numbers. And I don't know that South Carolina is going to score 62 points or even 40 points like Florida did, but you know they're they're going to score a little bit, and they're going to you know they're going to put it on Vandy. It's just a matter of can Vandy get themselves in the in the scoring column? Can they can they just get anything going? And if Andy can somehow find a way to win this game, you know, there's going to be some hope. But right now, there's just not much hope. No, I agree with you. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm a little shaky with taking South Carolina and laying that many points, but I would de- I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, yeah. Don't feel I'm, as strong about that as I would, as I did last week with Florida, as I did with Georgia, laying all those points. Uh, don't have the confidence in South Carolina, but I just think Vanderbilt's that bad and they're playing at South Carolina. South Carolina, you know, they're they're begging for a conference win themselves, you know. Mm-hmm. They're looking for one. They they've been they've been competitive, at least. They they've put up some fights. You know, I know the scores sometimes don't always lend themselves to that, but they've had some moments where, you know, Tennessee dips on them early and, and they come back and, and they make it an interesting game until Tennessee puts them away, you know, against against Georgia. They were one of the few teams to actually put the ball in the end zone. 
against Georgia. I mean, it seems very trivial, but that's quite, when you look back on the season, that's going to be quite a that's that's going to end up being a trivia question, just so you know. Um, and you know, if I'm South Carolina, I'm, I'm you know obviously you're never pleased with going you know one win in the conference, but you know I I like what I see out of the South Carolina team. Hopefully they can hit it on the recruiting trail. So, but Craig, that's going to do it for us, man. Um, we've had a we've had a really nice show. Um, you know the you know we've got to watch what we say about Auburn because Auburn Mafia will come and, and cut our internet, um, and they'll make it they'll make it bad. They they will steal all of my AOL discs. It will make me they will make me even get out of fifty six k mode. So, um, but other than that, man. It's been a it's been a really fun show. If you want to follow us, hit that social hit that social information right down there. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, come check us out on Facebook as well. Um, YouTube, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that bell. Um, you can find it on my Believe in Dogs channel. You can also find it on Positively Will Miss and Willis Digital Media. It's streaming all of there. It's on Twitch. It's on. Uh, I guess they call it Periscope on, on Twitter. I'm not sure. Facebook Live. Uh, anywhere you can find a stream, you can probably find it. And if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, I guess this is old-fashioned now, but if you want to do it the old-fashioned way, uh, just hop on Apple Podcasts, hop on Spotify, hop on wherever you find your podcast. Give us a listen if you're driving in the car on a long trip and you want to hear uh, you want to hear us talking. Do it. Fire right on up. So, Craig, any last words before we go? No, I, I hope uh, this slate of SEC games uh, is as good as last week's. If it is, uh, it's going to be a, another great, great weekend. Absolutely, man. So there's some dynamite in the SEC uh, last couple of weeks. Um, so look, look forward to that as well. So uh, with that, we're going we're gonna to sign off right here on the Beast of the East podcast. We are on the Believe Podcast Network. We are on Will's Digital Media, home of the Palmcast. Uh, Best of the West comes up tomorrow night. Check them out. And, of course, SEC After Dark. And on Thursday, uh, Believe in Georgia Dogs, we host uh, Vinny Hardy of the Believe in Kentucky podcast on our show to get ready for that matchup as well. Uh, so we want to thank you for listening. However you're listening or watching, we thank you for being a part of what we do. The chat, as always, um, is is blazing. So if you want to get in on the next episode, just hit this, hit us up on the chat wherever you stream, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to get you involved in the show. But for Craig, I'm Corey Burton. This is the Beast of the East podcast presented by Bet Online. We hope you have a great week and an even better weekend. Go dogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.